Welcome back to the Balance and Barbells podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Dirk, and I'm so happy to have you here. Hello, happy Friday, you guys. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we're talking about de-influencing. This is a trend that I've been seeing a long time on social media, and I freaking love this trend. I always love when I hop on social media and someone's de-influencing me to buy something that I've been hearing a major hype around, and you finally get some like real opinions or like at least a negative opinion. You know how when you go to buy a product and they always have like the positive review first and you can filter out by the negative reviews. I am one of those people that I filter out by the negative reviews. Like I want to hear what people are saying and I want to know that if there is a negative review that exists, are you just a negative person or is there something actually wrong with this product and it's being overhyped and over reviewed by people that are either getting paid or maybe just don't even have their own opinion of the product. You know what I mean? So I love that this trend kind of brings out just like a different perspective to things that you're seeing a lot on social media and things that are just really trendy and viral at the moment. And truly, here's why I love this trend. I think that being one of a kind is so freaking cool. Like I love those people that you come across that are just authentically themselves. They could not care less what other people think about them. And they just exude confidence. Like those people just draw you in and they have a different energy to them. I think we all have it in us, but the influencer era we're in right now just makes people think that they need everything they see on social media. They have to be buying all the things that are viral and super trendy and then they're sold out for months. And it just creates this like FOMO vibe. And I don't feel like you ever get like a real opinion from somebody and unless you see them in person or you know somebody who's bought the product or the item or whatever it is, because then you'll like meet somebody, like I have friends all the time who are like, oh yeah, I bought this and honestly, I didn't get the hype around it. But you like never see that on social media and I feel like this trend that came around really allowed you to see the negative side or just other opinions that people have about the product. And like, I'm here for trendy things too. Like I own a lot of trendy things. I buy things all of the time that somebody's recommending on social media and then goes by. I just think it's so toxic to feel like you have to have everything that's trendy or everything that goes viral. And I wanted to do today's episode in separate categories. We're not only going to be talking about trendy things. I wanted to do like a de-influencing for things that I've personally tried that I don't think are worth the hype or the price and things that are in the health and fitness industry that I really just don't like. So kicking it off with fitness. Greens for bloating. This is something, there's a specific brand I see almost every single influencer use. And I am not going to hate on the product, but I am going to say that I think that if you are using greens because you see an ad for bloating, it's a marketing tactic. And you have to remember that, that greens, especially things with fillers and sweeteners and additives, they're not going to solve a bloating issue that you're dealing with. And that's what they're marketing to, which I think in so many ways is false advertising. But this is a huge thing in the fitness industry. You will see so many influencers say, oh, I take my greens for bloating every single morning. I never miss my greens. This is the drink that I have. And I went from this to this. And they show pictures of themselves. And I think it is such BS. Unfortunately, the truth is with this stuff, it's most of the time they get commissioned and they get paid in some aspect or a video took off and everyone just kind of started marketing their content that way. That's just kind of the world we live in. But I just will never get behind anyone saying they're taking greens for bloating. Like if you follow me on social media, you know I take greens. I take athletic greens, but I never have promoted it for solving bloating issues. That's not why I take it. That's not why I like it. 
But I think there is a way to incorporate greens into your diet versus using them solely for bloating because I do think that there are some benefits to supplements. Not everything is suitable to everyone and everyone has different reasons for taking supplements. But if you are solely taking greens because somebody online promised you that it's going to help your bloating, unfortunately, that's just not what's gonna happen. More times than not, your bloating is an underlying issue. There's a lot that goes into it. It could be your hormones. It could be just overall digestion. It could be stress. It could be your nutrition. There's so many things that go into bloating and taking one supplement that has a lot of additives is never going to solve that problem. So I'm not de-influencing you to buy greens. I'm de-influencing you to buy greens for bloating because there's an underlying issue and you should get that checked out and one supplement is not gonna just solve that for you. Number two is a large supplement stack and not that it's just a large supplement stack, a stack that you don't understand why you are taking each supplement and you don't have a benefit behind it. And I really say this because so many influencers will post their entire supplement routine. And one, that's just not healthy in my opinion. I think that everyone has their own needs behind why they take supplements. And supplements are not necessary for your nutrition. You can get all of your nutrition and all your nutrients from the foods that you eat. Supplements are there to help you supplement your nutrition so that you can fill gaps in areas that maybe you're deficient or you're struggling getting in the daily nutrition. For example, greens. If you're struggling getting vegetables in, sometimes green powders are a great solution to help you get your micronutrients in. There are people who are iron deficient and they need an iron supplement, but because somebody else is taking supplements does not mean that you need all of their supplements. I get asked all the time what my supplements are, and there's a few supplements that I usually share because they are generally beneficial to everyone or they're just kind of sharing my certain supplements because I get asked all of the time, or sometimes I'm just sharing like my daily routine and I include them, but I would never want anyone to go and mimic my supplements or my routine just because they think it's healthy to take supplements because that's not the case. I take certain supplements for my health because I have certain areas that I have to focus on. For example, I have Hashimoto's, as you know. So I've been recommended by my doctor to take zinc to help with the thyroid hormone, and I've also been recommended to take magnesium. Those are two things that I take on a daily basis, but that doesn't mean that you need to take those things. So I'm not trying to de-influence you from buying supplements, but what you need to do is have some sort of research or a doctor that is helping you put together a plan of supplements that is specific to you. You shouldn't be taking 15 supplements because you saw some influencer online taking those supplements. That's just not a good way to go about adding supplements into your routine. One, it's really expensive. And two, you might be overdoing it or you might be doing something that's a little bit more harmful to you. It's important to understand what you need and it's important to understand where to get those recommendations. Now, I go all of the time online or on TikTok. TikTok is like my main search engine. That's how I like find things. But if I'm looking for a supplement because I've been prescribed it or because I heard on a podcast something about like, for example, magnesium and how a lot of people are deficient in magnesium. When I started to do research around the supplements I wanted to take, I was prescribed magnesium by a doctor. But then at that point, I took it in my own hands and I did my research on what magnesium supplements were available in the market, which ones I thought were high quality. And that's when I went into taking advice from other people online and trying new supplements out. I didn't just blindly go in and try a bunch of supplements that somebody else was taking because it worked for them. So like, I'm still all for like you getting your information from different fitness resources. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing if you have a 
influencer that you like or who's really credible and they know what they're talking about. And even if they like educate you behind why they're taking it and it's something you're relating to and that's why you take it. But if you blindly take a supplement just because one influencer is doing it or somebody else online is doing it, I just think it's a really silly way to be adding supplements into your routine. Number three, loading up on protein bars and processed snacks because they say they're high protein. This is the biggest scam in my opinion when it comes to the fitness industry and one that I hope I can de-influence most of you from doing. When I recommend to people that they need to eat high protein, there's one nothing wrong with having a protein bar or having a protein snack if that is what you need to do for the day. But when you are trying to eat high protein, the biggest mistake I see is people will push protein powders, protein bars, protein snacks. Like you'll see like the fiber one bars with protein and it is such processed junk that it's not as beneficial as you think and it's not as beneficial as what's being pushed on you. If you eat a nutrient-dense diet and you focus on getting a protein source from, if you're plant-based, things like tofu, edamame, tempeh, or if you're animal-based, eating meats and Greek yogurts and things that have protein in them, you will have much better digestion. You will be way closer to hitting your protein goal and you'll be eating higher protein than you think. These protein bars and these packaged snacks have like maybe if you're lucky and you find a good one, 20 grams of protein in them, but they have like 300 to 400 calories at that point. And a lot of times they're really processed. They're full of processed sugars, high calorie, and oftentimes pretty low in protein considering. Like you can find a protein bar, really popular protein bars on the market that only have 10 grams of protein in it. That's a really small amount of protein for the amount of calories that you're consuming. And I think that people just assume because they're dieting or they're trying to reach a goal or they've been told to eat high protein, they just need like the easiest options. And protein bars and protein snacks are just not it. Like they have their place. I really do believe that. I think that if you're in a bind or if you just need some protein for the day and you don't have any place else to get it, like I'm not not saying completely they're bad, but it's just not the best form of getting protein in. And if it is the main way that you were trying to reach your goal, you're eating a lot of processed food and probably not getting a lot of return. You're going to have a really hard time reaching your protein goal by only focusing on those snacks. But if you focused on whole foods and adding in protein sources into your meals, you'd be way better off. Number four, Ninja Creamy Protein Ice Cream. Now don't come for me because I eat this too. I have no problem with the Ninja Creamy and the sense that it is good. And I love that I have the ability to make an ice cream and there's really fun recipes. Here's why I don't love it. First, protein ice cream is not ice cream. I have protein ice cream all of the time and I think that it's great, but it's not ice cream. It doesn't taste like ice cream. It definitely has like a dessert taste and it's a great healthy alternative in my opinion, but it's not ice cream. You're not going to be eating the Ninja Creamy protein ice cream and thinking to yourself that tastes just like ice cream. I can almost guarantee it, but it does taste really good and it's still a really good option. But if you had a bite of ice cream and you had a bite of Ninja Creamy, you would not be telling yourself these are the same. Like they're really not. And the only reason I would de-influence you on the Ninja Creamy, in my opinion, is because of the price point. I waited a really long time to get my hands on one of these. And when I tell you, I was severely disappointed when I did get it because one, people are putting a lot of things into their Ninja Creamy, which is fine. But for my personal preference, I don't like the ingredients in Jell-O because 
jello and pudding is a lot of processed ingredients and that's kind of what gives it its thickness and creaminess in those recipes if you're just using a protein powder and milk i promise you it doesn't taste that good um it's pretty much just frozen protein powder like that's the best way to describe it it's not bad but i do remember it took me quite a bit of time to master the recipe and for the first month i was like it's good the first few bites i was more excited about because i had the hype of the product and i wanted it for so long but after a while i was just like it's a lot of work it takes quite a bit of time it's loud and it's not that great i used to make nice cream all of the time in my blender and i feel like i had close to the same consistency or at least it was maybe like a little bit less frozen or a little bit less like ice creamy but it definitely was similar enough that I was like I mean I'm getting this for five dollars with the ingredients I'm making than this two hundred dollar product that it steps it up but it's not that much better in my opinion I'm in the middle on this in some ways because I do love my ninja creamy but I really don't use it all that much I see people who use it every single night and that product was definitely made for them and I thought I was would be that person and maybe like high school me I used to have ice cream like every single night maybe high school me would have appreciated the product more but now I pull my ninja creamy out maybe like once a month and mainly just because of the way that I eat most of the proteins that you see like people use like fair life and jello and I hear the recipes are amazing but I don't like the ingredients in fair life I don't like the ingredients in the jello mix so I'm not using those I'm using like almond milk and I'm using my Truvani protein powder and then I'm adding in things like coconut yogurts and coconut milk to help fatten it and thicken it or like banana to help with like the creaminess but I just haven't perfected the recipe and in my opinion it's taken a lot of time and I just think that the price was too much for what it is I've also seen a lot of people say that theirs have stopped working after a certain point in time so that concerns me a little bit for how expensive it was I do plan on making like an actual homemade ice cream for my birthday coming up and I'm actually gonna follow like one of the recipes that they provide you with a ninja creamy so it's going to be like actual ice cream not just protein ice cream so we'll see how i feel about it when i can actually make ice cream at home that's like scoopable versus just the protein ice cream and again i'm in the middle like i really do love my ninja creamy i do use it occasionally but for the price and for the hype it's just i am 50 50 on it it's kind of like the protein bars and the processed snacks like you're having it every single day that's a lot of processed things in my opinion opinion and it's definitely like higher calorie like yeah 350 calories is no big deal but at the same time like I feel like people are just like losing out on nutrient dense options because they want to have a 500 or 600 calorie ice cream at the end of the night and again like do you like things that work for you work for you that's totally fine but and I truly thought I was gonna be like a major fan of this I resisted for like a good six months because again I could just do it in my blender and then when I started started looking at the price of it I was just like this is just ridiculous for a little ice cream machine that I probably won't have every single night and sure enough when I finally caved and I finally got it when it like went out of stock three or four times and then I finally was like you know what there you have it at my Sam's Club I'm just gonna try it out I just was disappointed and I haven't maybe when I master the recipe maybe I'll have to do an update when I try some healthier versions but my gut health is just too important to me and if you struggle with gut health you know how hard it is when you have foods that just like upset it or foods that are proven to not be necessarily good for gut health and like look at the back of those jello packets i think you would be surprised to find out like yeah they're zero sugar but they have artificial sweeteners they have cornstarch they're just they're not good 
Number five, skipping healthy fats or only having powdered versions of fats. Think of like PB2. And I was one of these people. When I macro counted, I definitely had my fair share of PB2, avoided fats and healthy fats because I only had like 50 or 60 grams a day that I was allowed to have in my macros. And I have since started eating a significant amount of healthy fats. And this is due to research that I have done. And one, trying to resolve some hormone issues that I was having with my Hashimoto's. And to resolve that, first of all, healthy fats are a major key to your hormonal health. But I saw a major change in my health, in my hair, in my skin, in my digestion, in my energy when I started incorporating more healthy fats. And there's a lot of science around how healthy fats are really important for keeping you fuller longer, for keeping blood sugar stable and avoiding blood sugar spikes. And if you don't know anything about that, you should really do some research and listen to some podcasts around blood sugar and keeping your blood sugar stable. If your blood sugar is constantly spiked, you will start to see aging quicker. And there's just a lot of stuff that I found extremely fascinating around blood sugar and keeping it stable but that's just one benefit of healthy fats. So if you're eating like the processed powdered versions of healthy fats, there's just a lot of misinformation around it. I even avoided like drizzling oil and things like that on my salads or my meals because it was too high of fat in my opinion. So I was always opting for the powdered versions because you would get like a scoop of peanut butter for less than two grams of fat because it was like ground up dried peanut. And one, it does not taste the same. I can promise you that. Two, it's processed. And three, you need your healthy fat. I'm not a fan of not having healthy fats or keeping them too minimal. And I'm not a fan of the powder fats at all. The last one for fitness and nutrition is intermittent fasting. And in my personal opinion, I don't like that intermittent fasting has gotten a big buzz around skipping meals because the clients that I've worked with who have done intermittent fasting, usually it just kind of turns into another diet. They have a really hard time doing it long term. There are a lot of rules and restrictions around the windows that you can eat within and the times that you can eat within. And sometimes it works great, but most of the time I hear a lot of complaints around their being really hungry and having to wait too long and making them have a hard time get their workouts in because they couldn't eat for a certain point and they can't work out without eating. And there's just too many rules in my opinion. I think that there are a lot of people who are able to be successful by not intermittent fasting and seeing weight loss. And if you were only using intermittent fasting for weight loss, there are way better ways to be doing that that are going to keep your blood sugar stable, that are going to allow you to have less rules and restriction in your life. But if you're doing it for health reasons, that's a different story. There are benefits to intermittent fasting for certain reasons. And if that's prescribed to you, that's completely different than what I'm talking about. But if you are doing intermittent fasting because it is the trendy thing to do to lose weight, there are better ways to do it. And just eating between the windows of 12 and 6 is not going to drastically be better for you or to help you lose weight faster because what matters is that you are going to be eating less within those windows. And that is why intermittent fasting worked for some people is because they had less time throughout the day to eat their meals. But if you're starving when you hit noon and you have your first meal, a lot of people can go over their calorie goal because they're just shoving food in their mouth in those windows because they've allowed themselves to just eat in those windows. And I just don't think it builds a healthy relationship with food. Again, there are better ways to see results than following another diet. And in my opinion, that's what intermittent fasting is as another diet. Now moving into some other topics of fashion and beauty. First up for fall fashion, anything viral that an influencer says that you need this fall. I think that you should 
avoid just buying things because somebody tells you to buy them or because you see everybody wearing them. I love the idea of capsule wardrobes. I love the idea of building basics. I have been that person in the past that when I see something viral, it's really hard to resist and you start to see cute outfits with it and cute inspo and you want to just kind of have everything. And when new seasons come around, I definitely have a hard time with this because you start to see new fashion trends and you start to see new things and it's hard to stay minimalistic in this because you start to see all of these different things and you're like, oh, I want to get the new trendy jeans or I want to get all the new trendy things. And yes, I think that there are some things that are great. Like I am a big fan of the loose jeans and I know that's trendy. I know one day they're not going to be in fashion, but I love the fit of them. I love the look of them. I love pairing them with things and they're kind of becoming a wardrobe staple for me. So I know it's trendy and I know they're kind of hard to get your hands on, But it's something I personally love and it's something I personally wear a lot. But it's not something like, in my opinion, the Taz Uggs. I wanted a pair of those because I kept seeing cute outfits with them and everyone was talking about them. And then my FOMO kicked in when I started to see everybody wanting to buy them and saying that they were sold out. And then I was trying to find them and I couldn't find them. And then when I did and I finally got a pair... I hated them. They were not comfortable. They're literally shoes that you just roll your ankle in all of the time. And they're actually not as cute as you think. Like you have to really style them up in my opinion to make them look cute. If you just throw on a sweatsuit and the Uggs, they're just not cute. They're not comfortable. And they're, uh, yeah, I just don't love those. Those were a, a regret of mine when I finally did get my hands on them. It was one of those trends that everyone was talking about and everyone had in their wardrobe and it got me that time. And I really think that you should be building a wardrobe that you personally love. As somebody who has definitely incorporated trendy things into her closet, I've done this a lot. I will buy new things with new seasons. I like to have trendy things, but I used to, especially in like high school, and college make sure that I was always on top of the trends and I was always buying like the most trendy thing and it has stuck me with a lot of items that I never wear because they were trendy at the time and their time has passed and nobody wants them after a certain point in time so then you just are like stuck with really expensive items that you don't wear a lot because their time has come and it has passed. And what I have personally loved instead is building more of a capsule wardrobe and building more into my wardrobe of pieces that I wear on a daily basis and I can wear with a lot of different things. Basic items like black and white t-shirts or neutral shirts or jeans that you can wear with several different items and that go with several different things. Those are things that I have found to be way more beneficial and a good use of my money. And I feel like that I'm not constantly rotating my closet. Instead, like I can like find a few items here and there every season that I'm like, oh, that's really cute. I really wanna add that to my wardrobe or I can get a trendy thing here and there and not feel like I just have to completely redo my wardrobe because something is super trendy. And for example, here's one that I think that everyone is gonna get on board with this year and I they're not my style. If you love them, I'm sorry. And some girls wear them and they're really cute. I will say that. They're just not for me. The loafers. Loafers are so trendy right now and everybody is getting a pair 
And the leather ones with the tassel and the gold, there are some girls who I'm like, you are trendy. You are the version of fashion. Like you go like that is all you, but it would never look cute on me. I would wear them for a season and I would probably not love myself in them. I would be wearing them to be trendy. And that is the one thing that if I can de-influence you from, do not just buy something because it's trendy. Like genuinely buy things that you love. And the last thing I will de-influence you from, having a 17-step skincare routine or makeup routine. This is super, super trendy right now, especially with like the Get Ready With Me videos and the Alex Earl videos. Like I'm all about a good set of skincare. I'm all about a good set of makeup, but I do not think you need all of the products that every single influencer is talking about. And this is really popular right now, especially because of the Get Ready With Me videos and the Alex Earl videos. And I find those super entertaining and I have found some amazing product from those videos. I do think that it causes you to start buying a lot of products that you one don't need. And it's really expensive if you have that many different products. And most of the girls I know will buy all of these things and use them once in a while. They're not like an everyday product. But my biggest gripe is with the major skincare routines that are like 17 to 20 steps. And in my opinion, one, that's expensive, but two, you just don't need that many products. And I'm not an esthetician. I have not done extensive research in this, but I will say that I had very bad skin in high school and I had very bad skin in college. And what I was doing at that time was switching up my skincare all of the time. I didn't really know what worked for me. I was using a lot of products and it was really hard for me to pinpoint what was causing breakouts or what worked for me and what worked for my skin type. I saw a dermatologist in college and I did like a skin analysis and then she prescribed me products that were meant for my skin and healing my skin conditions. And I have used those products for years and it really allows me to know when something is going to upset my skin. So when I try a new product, I pretty much know if I have a breakout that it comes from that product or that was the reason that I had a breakout or my skin reacted because I have a stack and it's like a supplement stack. It's my skincare stack. And I only use a few products to allow my skin to one, breathe, If I'm putting like 17 things on my skin, I just feel like you're not allowing your skin to be in its natural state, which is good for your skin. And like, think about it. If you're putting on 17 different products, think about the amount of chemicals that you are probably putting on your face. Like more than likely, every product you're using has at least, at least five ingredients in them. I would say probably closer to 20. And if you're using 20 products, that's a lot of ingredients that you're putting onto your skin. And it's gonna be really hard to tell what's working and what's not working if that's your skincare routine. And I think that it gets more hyped around the fact that people are putting so many products on their face in these get ready with me videos that it's easy to get sucked into needing a bunch of different products. But I would highly encourage you to, instead of just buying what everyone is using, is to talk to a dermatologist and actually have your skin analyzed and use the products that would benefit your skin because it makes a massive difference when you treat your skin for specific needs and using products that are actually meant to help what you are dealing with than just putting a ton of random products on. And like with the makeup, I think it's a little bit different because like there's a lot of different products out there for makeup that do a lot of different things. And I have makeup that I use on an everyday basis. And then I have makeup that I use for like special occasions. And they're very different because of the coverage and the style I'm going for. But 
I think that when you're wearing like 25 different products, like it's unnecessary at some point. Like I hate when I watch those videos and you see somebody using like three different kinds of blush. And I'm like, I get it, but I don't. You know, like if you're going to like, I'm get ready with me to go to the grocery store and they put on like three different kinds of blush. And I feel like you could just find like one really good blush that does the same thing. Or at least like if you're having to put on three different kinds of blush, I feel like you just don't have the right product. But I don't know. At the same time, I get it because it's like I'm creating my own unique color. But I think there's a product out there that exists and you don't need to spend money on three different types of products. That's my opinion on it. I just I am in my minimalistic era. I truly believe that there are ways to get by without spending on makeup because somebody online told you to. So those are the things that I think aren't worth the hype and what I am de-influencing you on today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you want to see more daily content, you can follow me on social media, all social media platforms at Kayla Dirk, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode.